dear one of them. Master, I was trying to help you survive. Like June helped me. You're not June. You know, you're a disgrace. And I fucking hate you. God, Esther. <laughs> We're gonna make June proud. <laughs> Esther, what happened? Hey, help! Yeah. Help! Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Hello, and welcome back to Resisting Gilead. I'm your host, Gina, and today I have Andy Theobald with me, who is a longtime guest and co-host podcaster on the Daily DVR podcast, particularly for the Westworld Theorycast suite of podcasts. And today, he and I are going to discuss Season 5, Episode 2 of The Handmaid's Tale. The episode is titled Ballet. And this episode also happened to be directed by Elizabeth Moss. So welcome to the show, Andy. Thanks so much for coming back this year to talk about Resisting Gilead or to talk about The Handmaid's Tale <laughs> on Resisting Gilead. I mean, we can do another episode if you just want to talk about your podcast. It seems a little narcissistic, but we can do that, too. <laughs> no. I think I'll refrain from a podcast about my podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. This is, uh, I, it's nice to get out of the world of robots and dragons and everything else and talk about something a little more grounded in reality, even though it's not really in reality, but it, maybe it is. I don't know. Let's, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. I think um, this season's really ramping up to be exceptional i think i i wasn't particularly a fan of the first episode but this second episode i felt like brought all the fireworks to it and i feel like gilead has a new catchphrase do, do you want to hear what i think it is <laughs> yeah i cannot wait blessed be the chocolates may the ester poison but oh, anyway oh, I man the chocolates yes i know it's Man, that this was a great. I totally agree with you. My, the first episode I liked, but it was, it it, it was it kind of seemed meandering and some. And I wasn't. I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. But the, I I loved this episode. There's there's so much interesting things to talk about and disturbing things and fun. A lot of funny. A lot of actually a lot of humor, which I really like that they injected some humor into this episode. Yeah, and and I think we were in desperate need of some humor after that first episode and I even have like a little 
game of sorts, a multiple choice question to start off with. Which line said by Commander Lawrence did you think was the best, funniest, most cutting this episode? And I'll run through four of them because he's <laughs> so quirky and awesome. The first one, look at us getting along like friendly diplomats burying the hatchet. The second one, in response to Serena saying, I'm not much of a hockey fan. You'd love it. It's elegant and brutal which I thought he's also talking about her. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> the third, Nick's on the rise, but he's still a puppy. There's not much he can do. <laughs> and then the last one, I got them to say yes. Serena says, how? By not being a woman. <laughs> my, which one my, do you like the best? Oh, I, it's an easy choice for me because even after I, I even thought the same thing to myself when he said it, when she says, I'm not much of a hockey fan. I didn't think the elegant line, but I'm like, yeah, you, she would be perfect for hockey because that's exactly, yeah, that, I, it's uh, it's elegant and brutal. I, that was perfect. I laughed out loud on that one, which I, I normally don't laugh out loud on this show. I, I chuckle to myself quite a few times, but I, I loved it. And all of them are great in every line. I think he even... The line when she leaves the D planes and says, well, we rolled out the red carpet for you. I mean, everything. I just chuckled at almost everything he said this this episode. He was fantastic. A much yeah. needed addition. I've always I mean, I always love him anyways in anything he does. So I, it's particularly here. Yeah. Bradley Whitford's phenomenal. I, I actually I love the hockey line as well. The elegant and brutal. But I also think the Nick's on the rise, but he's still a puppy. <laughs> yeah. It's just hilarious yeah poor nick i mean i mean they're in cahoots but i love the way he always kind of like you know just jabs at nick too it's 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 clear anyone is open season when it comes to commander lawrence he's the, uh, he's all about poking people the other thing i liked about him that was in this episode that was it wasn't even something he said it's when they're at the part at the the party at the putnam's later Everyone there is wearing like a, all the men there are wearing like a really reserved suit and tie, like a plain tie. He's wearing an ascot. Yes. And I, I just, ascot. I looked at it. Yes. And I just started laughing as I like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Because of course he would do that. And every one of them is looking at it, Like they even say, you're not one of us. I can't remember what they don't say, but you're not one of us, but they say something along those lines. You don't follow our ways or something. And yeah. it's like, I'm just rubbing this in your face. Cause I know you need me. It's, yeah. I thought it was pretty hilarious. I loved was, him in this episode. It was, what did they say? You're not married. You don't have children. <laughs> yeah. And it's like they should have just said, you're wearing an ascot. <laughs> yeah, that's, it was, I just, I didn't notice that because I watched the episode twice just so we could get prepped for this show we're going to do now. And I, I didn't notice that the first time. And the second time I was paying a little more attention to everything else on the screen. And I just, I cracked up when I saw the ascot. It was great. So since we're already on Commander Lawrence, um, I feel like we should just kind of dive into his interactions with Serena a bit here. And, um, you know, maybe we had all the, the heavy stuff first, kind of <laughs> Serena's plan and her looping in Lawrence on it. I find it so fascinating that she automatically, I mean, she, Serena is smart. She's smarter than Fred ever was in my opinion um this actress also looks more beautiful than ever i mean she's just getting better looking with age um it's it's kind of crazy she was on that on the plane before she deboarded and i'm like god she's 
freaking gorgeous. She looks better than ever. Maybe they're giving her makeup pregnancy glow or something. Well, but... I think with her, I mean, I've always been a f big fan of that actress and she always has been very gorgeous. And I think they, I, it was definitely a choice the first few episodes to dress her down and not make her like she was in that, that show. Chuck, did you ever watch mm -hmm. that? Uh, just a couple episodes. And she, I mean, she was, I mean, she's, I've always been a fan of her. I, she, and just her as her character, just in general, is to me she's kind of like she's like my version of Cersei Lannister mm. where I really want to love this character but I can't because she makes it so difficult and she's so, like I I want to like that I want to like her but man she is just awful but anyway sorry that was a little sidetrack oh, there no. but <laughs> it's okay I went on about how gorgeous she is so um but I feel like she has always been smarter than Fred and immediately she's just like what would other commanders think with, you know, with you two, you know, bringing Fred to his, handing him over to June for his death? Like, she didn't say it like that, but it was definitely implied. She knew they must have had something to do with it. And, yeah. and you know, of course, Lawrence comes back with hmm, bold accusation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. So I think it's very interesting. And she is very persistent. You know, she's she's trying to needle, you know commander lawrence into getting a better procession a better honoring for fred and then she makes her pitch to the room of commanders as well um and we know how great serena's pitches have gone in in the past like i think you know immediately following gilead or you know as establishment or yep she tried to go in she was in her suit and she made some kind of presentation and they're just you know, he's like, sorry, they didn't bite for you being involved because you're a woman, you know, and I think even Commander um, Putnam was like, you know, she it's there was too much strain on these women before, uh, and, you know, her, her pitch to have girls let them read. Of course, she lost a finger. So, mm -hmm. she, you know, I guess their time's a charm. <laughs> Well, I think and in the notes, one of the things you have as a question is who is smarter, Serena or June? And mm. I thought a lot about this. And I I think I think they've actually switched places. I think when June was in Gilead, I think she was the smartest person on the show. I think Serena learned from June. And now the student has become the master because I think Serena, right, at least right now, I think June is so consumed with her rage that she's not thinking as smart as she should as mm. she is. I think Serena is just, I mean, everything she is, her plan, see, at least for now, and we'll see what happens later. But like with the, even like the planning of the funeral and all that stuff, when like after she, the part where it really hit me is when it's, besides it's all being televised and she turns around after she bows to the commanders and the statue is placed just behind her perfectly. So it looks like angel's wings coming out of mm -hmm. her side. And I'm like, oh man, it's all televised. And like you, this person knows how to manipulate the media, knows how to do all this. I mean, she's brilliant. I think she is very, very smart. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's interesting. You think that June was smarter than her in Gilead because I, I feel like June's not dumb. June is smart, but I feel like her intelligence comes with a heavy dose of recklessness Oh, for Whereas sure. Yeah, I, I would feel, agree. Yeah, I feel like Serena's much more cool and calculating. Yep, I I would agree with that, and I think part of that too is that I think when when June was still in Gilead and like with the Waterfords, especially, I think Serena had this sense of invincibility and nothing. I didn't really have to. Things were going to be okay, and then after, she, I mean, losing her finger and wanting to leave 
Fred and all this other stuff, I think she has turned into and seeing what June was capable of. I think she realized her own intelligence by watching June, I guess, because they have a different kind of intelligence, I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's very interesting. Um, You know, and and I have to say she was talking and probably the only one that was really listening, I think both because she basically blackmailed them like you need to make this happen or i'm gonna start being a squeaky wheel Mm -hmm. um you know nick and lawrence were really listening to her and lawrence is no dummy either he knows a good idea when he hears it and i think he understood what serena was pitching and the value of that for sure you know this is another pr opportunity for gilead like Mm -hmm. fred did when nicole went missing and did all those you know uh media moments uh yeah big prayer and whatnot in dc so lawrence gets it um and lawrence even commented when fred was doing that that you know it's a good idea on fred's part so he understands the value of good pr as serena does too and in the end she gets her way with this super extravagant funeral procession yeah um and i don't know if we want to like get into kind of that compared to you know running in parallel to the ballet but right now we might as well since we're here but it what it was a ballet and it was gore i mean this is the thing about this show is it has some of the most stunning visual moments in an ugly violent world that i've ever seen Mm -hmm. uh cinematically and i am surprised that elizabeth moss directed this episode because that means she directed the pageantry of this whole um funeral procession which i think is a you know kudos to her because it was brilliantly done and maybe the most spectacular kind of visual form of pageantry or just even the use of color and whatnot that we've seen on the show to date. Yeah, I, I was trying to think back. I mean, it's been a year, really. So I watched the final episode again of last season, but otherwise I haven't watched anything since last season aired. And I can't think of anything else that was this, that that ending sequence, that final 10 minutes or whatever it was with the mm. ballet and the, I was just, yeah, and the use of color and the, how you're, it's a good way to describe, like how you described it, where it's like this dystopian, nightmarish scenario but it looks so beautiful and spectacular it was just i mean it it reminded me like something like blade runner or something like that where it's an awful place you would never want to be there but you just can't help but watch it it's amazing to look at visually Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and um i mean and of course the big reveal at the end we're starting at the end and going backwards, which I think is okay. But the big reveal yeah. at the end is you see the girls start coming out in their purple. And I was like, oh, shit. Serena wanted commanders from out of town to be invited, uh-huh. which we know the McKenzie's are living in the Colorado Territory now. And, of course, there is Hannah 
hand selected to bring Serena flowers and be kissed on the forehead by her uh-huh. with the smirk of F U B to yeah. tune on the camera. Oh, what oh, a gut punch. Um, yeah. And especially the way, I mean, the way it was timed too with her finally seeming to let go, June finally seeming to let go a little bit after the ballet and the, like embracing her husband and all that and turn. I mean, it was, oof, that was rough. It was really rough. It was, it was really, really, really I mean, rough. like, I thought that, I thought in this, a lot of this episode, June actually might've been making some progress because like after that conversation, when she corners, uh, uh, what's her name? Rita, Rita in the kitchen. And I'm like, Oh, just stop this June. Stop it. You're not helping anything. And then Luke finally standing up to her and saying, didn't you think about our family before you sent him the finger and all this? And it's like, what are you? I'm, and I'm like, totally like with Luke, a side note on Luke. I'm like, thank God, Luke, I've been wanting you to do this for at least a season and a half, but yeah. it's like, and, I, and she, it seemed like it was finally getting through to her that like, okay, I need to start processing this and all this other. And then she just, with that, that seeing Serena on, and on the big screen there, just, I think it just, she snapped right back to where she was and maybe even more, even worse than she was before because she was so focused on revenge and and then now it's even back even more i don't know it's that last scene was just that was a killer yeah and i mean she's it was a killer i think it was extremely damaging after kind of the june we did see earlier when she like ripped into rita she's obsessed with putting serena on the wall Mm -hmm. which leads me to ask the question June's growing this little garden. She's growing something. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think she's growing? Well, it. Uh, we had another reference to poisoning in this episode too. That wasn't part of her storyline. So, I uh, I did pause. I did pause it to see if I could figure it out because what she knows how to grow. I I know what that plant very well. It grows wild around here in our fields, and I I think it definitely could be nightshade. Why why she would want to, I don't exactly know, unless she's planning some excursion somewhere. Because, I mean, what's she going to... Or maybe she's assuming that Serena's coming back. I mean, I, I, I know that's what she's supposed to be coming back to Canada. But I'm not entirely sure she'll make it back. I don't... That, I think, that's another question to ask. But mm. I think she definitely could be because she doesn't... I mean, otherwise, when has she ever gardened or cared about it? Right. Yeah, ex- exactly. I think... Uh... I think she is growing some, some poisonous, uh, some poisonous plantage um, there, and we'll see how that comes along. Which no one's really questioned what she's growing in her house, and yeah. it's like, dude, that's and, poisonous. If you have a toddler, like, and it's it's definitely because, like I say, I did pause it to look at what it was, and it was all the same plant. It wasn't. I mean, mm-hmm. most people that garden you do tomatoes and you do peppers and you do basil it's all one plant there's no doubt of that interesting um yikes okay well we'll see and i guess like the uh, the other thing that made me think that is this show it's a lot like a lot of a lot of other shows that we like usually the the a and the b storyline a lot of times will have similar themes in them and i mean Mm -hmm. obviously with the esther stuff it it would tie into that as well so Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's go to, let's party at the Putnam's and talk about Esther a bit. Um, By the way, 
would you want to go to a party at the Putnam's house? She always, Naomi, for all her faults and eccentricities, does seem to have a fabulous spread every time she has people over. I have to say, she seems like she is the consummate Gilead hostess, for sure. Yeah, she definitely, if she doesn't, if she doesn't plan it herself, she has a very good party planner. There's no question about that. She but does. I don't, I don't, oh man, that place just, it, the whole thing just gives me the creeps. See, I prefer the Putnam's house over any house I've seen on the show. Like if I were to live in one of those houses in Gilead, at least theirs is kind of like light and bright and yeah. airy, well, you know, you know I guess like it's a dark, a, dingy place. Yeah. As, as long as the, uh, yeah, it's not all just like all dark oak and all this stuff. Hmm. Yeah, the uh, I, as long as the Putnams weren't themselves weren't there, I would definitely party in that house. <laughs> I'm not right. going anywhere near Commander Putnam. That guy, ooh. man, well, I didn't think he could get any skeezier than he already was. Yeah, um, I guess we should just talk about him first. <laughs> Sorry, I'm jumping all over no, the place. It's That's... okay. I mean, we'll we'll talk about him. We'll talk about Janine and Naomi, but. But I do think there's something about Esther, both Aunt Lydia and Janine being okay with Esther being the Putnam's handmaid that I think is wrong on so many levels. Janine lived in that house. Mm -hmm. she, like, it, did she forget everything she went through? Um, how they were both cruel to her and you know, took advantage of her. It just seems he almost led her to suicide. Well, and, um, I mean, the thing with Janine and her is, I, and I think, I can't remember the exact conversation, but I think Esther even mentioned something about it. I, I think the only reason Janine wanted her there was so she could see her child. And I mean, Or she, th she thought she maybe could, I shouldn't even say so she could. I think it was because she thought that was her best chance of being able to see can't remember what the Angela isn't that the daughter's yes, name? Yes, yeah. I, I thought that's kind of the impression I was getting, but I don't, I I, I can't say for sure. But that was because, yeah. With Janine, I I've kind of Janine is so far gone mentally at this point, and not getting the help that she needs. I I, I don't blame her because I I understand that I oh I don't understand. Obviously, I can only imagine what that would be like. But I would think, I mean, people are uh are uh, what do you want to? How do I want to say it? Are um, not themselves or are they're pushed to things that they normally wouldn't do. And, and when children, especially when children are involved. Yeah. So. Well, I think you're right that she does. She is motivated to see her daughter more. And again, because even at the beginning, you know, aunt Lydia is like giving her little pumped up speech. These handmaids are going to go to <laughs> yep. the Putnam's and, and she's like, Oh, if the Putnam's choose Esther, will I get to go? Could I go visit her? And Lydia's like, honey, don't get ahead of yourself. Like and the way she <laughs> says it too, it's just like, uh -huh. so amazing. It was like, Oh, that's the real Lydia. Not it, it was, like, it was nice having her back on the show. Cause she was not in the first episode, I believe. Yeah, Lydia. no, she, she wasn't. Um, but I, but I do think, I don't know. I feel like both of these, women are failing Esther, particularly knowing her her background of abuse she had as a wife. And the fact that Lydia even left her alone with Commander Putnam in his study. Yeah. You know, that the first 
season anyway, June's like, it's forbidden for the handmaids to be alone with the commanders. And for an aunt to knowingly, who says she's protecting these girls, which June laid into her during the, the torture episode last season, like, you failed these girls. You said we'd be protected. You said we'd be this. You said we'd be that. Instead, we're raped and we're humiliated. And he, he makes Aunt Lydia leave the room. She knows what's going to happen, but she somehow all of a sudden doesn't have the wherewithal to, like, put her foot down. I completely and... forgot the whole thing about not supposed to being alone with the... How do, how do yeah. I remember how I forgot that? As soon as you said that, like, a huge light bulb went on in my head. I forgot all about that. Yeah. So Ooh. it seems like, you know, Lydia, for all her bluster about protecting these girls is even knowingly stepping aside so she could potentially be abused by a commander before he's even her commander really you know mm -hmm. before she's even his handmaid and ugh, the feeding of the chocolates like what a slimy shitball i am sorry he's oh no you're 100 percent right that was just oh man both times i watched the episode i just i just like cringed it's just, oh, it's so yeah. terrible. Really uncomfortable. And the look on her face is also just, she looks so pretty and she's being tortured and her eyes are, she's about ready to cry and she's not. She's, you know, she's got her own strength. But so there's something about the Putnams that I want to bring up because I never really put this together and someone like on a chat group mentioned it, but um, we've got Warren and Naomi Putnam. This summer, a documentary came out on Netflix that was called Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. And it was about the, the fundamentalist um, LDS church, Latter-day Saints church. Um, this has been on Dateline before you know this this mm -hmm. guy warren jeffs first name warren <laughs> took over his dad's really creepy you know has you know multiple wives and i'm not talking like five i'm talking like 45 yeah um like a whole football team yes really young <laughs> The, the girls become wives when they're super young. I even looked up a photo of him because I was looking at the actor that played Putnam, Warren Putnam, and I'm like, I think they look alike. And I pulled up a photo of Warren Jeff. And yes, mm -hmm. they, they have a very similar look. And um, weirdly, Warren Jeff has said that his favorite wife of all his wives was one named Naomi. Uh -huh. And so I feel like the showrunners intentionally like introduced the Putnams as characters into this and that they intentionally chose the names Warren and Naomi based off the FLDS. Uh, yeah, I think this, I, I didn't put that together till I saw you shared those links and I was like, oh, obviously it is. I mean, there's no question yeah. that it's based and even like in the in this episode when when uh, Mrs. Putnam meets meets her for the first time and she says something like she's so young i mean there was definitely a I, I, I there was another thing i had in my little side notes here that i made that i thought it was just kind of more of a, a makeup and look thing like that that chocolate scene when they turn towards or when the camera goes on mr putnam i even thought he looked like he was like he almost was like a vampire i mean it was just 
like the way his makeup was and the shape of his mm. face, it was just like, which is obviously he's not a vampire, but it just kind of, he also has that same kind of metaphor where they just suck the youth out. And oh man, it was just, yeah. that whole scene was so brilliantly disturbing. It was pretty amazing. It's, it's very disturbing. And what's even kind of weirder is I looked up to see if I could find a picture of this Naomi Jeff, the wife. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wonder if she looks like, Oh, I wonder if she looks like Naomi on the show. She doesn't. But who she looks like is McKenna Grace, the actress playing Esther. There's a yep. picture of her. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is just like so totally freaky. Mm. But I do. This will be interesting to see what happens. But I do like the props I will give Naomi Putnam this episode and something that I don't know if I brought it up in the past, but she was in the past when they did the child bride ceremony when Nick married Eden. And yep. oh, yeah, yeah. When the veils came off the girls, I remember seeing the look of horror and disgust on Naomi's Nick. face. Oh, Naomi, yeah. Like when they panned, you know, Serena's like, oh, don't they look so lovely? And Naomi was just like, this is like the look on her face. She was like aghast. She was just like, oh, my God, uh -huh. probably thinking they're so young. And she, when she says that again about Esther and she's like, and she was a wife, like to think she looks so young to be a handmaid. And then yeah. the fact that she was actually a wife for several years uh -huh. is it just, I think, totally skeeves her out. And she's like, well, you know, OK, I don't think realizing that her husband wants another hand cut off because yeah. he's yeah, the, super the same the same thing is going to happen i mean or something, something. Yeah. oh god he's just man i just i couldn't get he, i've always thought he was a creep but this seemed <clears throat> like he was just turned up to 11 on this one it was just oh, oh. yeah and I, you know we'd never really seen the full level of his creepiness we only kind of heard about it secondhand through janine right yeah um, and to yeah, we've never this. seen him try to groom somebody and all this oh. other. Yeah, it's <clears throat> so gross. And you can just see it's like, oh, this is what he tried to do with Janine. And Janine was already well, Esther has her own mental issues, although I think the spitfire is still in her. Janine had been traumatized by having her eye cut out. So she was more in line with maybe behaving somewhat better. Yeah. But Esther's well, not there yet. Janine also, from what I remember, let's say it's been a while since I've watched all the other. And if you remember when I watched last or when last season when we were doing this, I had, I watched everything like in the month leading up, so yes. it all kind of was a blur. But the uh, it, from what I remember, Janine was much more naive and much more mm. childlike herself. And Esther, even though she looks childlike, she definitely seems to be more has a has a much fuller picture of what's happening even though she may i'm sure she doesn't know everything because you can't when you're that young well you never when you never know everything anyways but i always kind of got the impression that janine was a lot more naive when she went into this whole thing than what esther is at this point anyways yeah no i think you're right um i think you're right the other prop i want to give to naomi before we go more into janine and esther is that she was had a very genuine moment with Janine about how grateful she was to God for him bringing Angela into her life and grateful to those who helped bring her to them. That's, 
I was just like, wow, that's amazing coming from this woman that she has had such a tumultuous um, past with. You have a beautiful daughter, Mrs. Putnam. I thank God for her every day. And for those who brought her to me. I thought that was really it shows some growth in Naomi's character. That was that was what I had that in my notes as well. I, I, part of the reason I loved your notes so much is a lot like half the stuff you had written down I had also written down. So nice. the, that that scene that actually that line was one of the things that shocked me the most because I never thought I would hear her say that. I never yeah. thought I would hear her say anything like that. And even though you could always see it in her eyes that she knew she should be grateful is not the right word, but should at least be respectful to her or something and. I never thought it was coming. I, I've my jaw was on the floor because I was that shocked that she actually went, said something like that. Yeah, it was a very shocking moment for sure, in a in a great way. When you know mm -hmm. that's nice, it was so unexpected. So, I for all the notes I wrote, we've sure been ripping through this episode. I think because it was just so good. Yeah, it's easy um, to it's easy to just keep bouncing for a while because there's been a few other times where I'm like, oh, I should mention this, and I'm like, oh no, wait, let's wait till we finish this topic first. So. Yeah, there's the, so, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So, I mean, I guess we really are the only thing we haven't touched on yet. And we might want to go to deeper into something else possibly, but is this scene between Esther and Janine at the Red Center after the Putnam's party, after the chocolate incident where mm -hmm. he's so disgustingly hand feeding her chocolate is this whole conversation that they have um well before you get into that too there was one scene right before that leading into that that i thought was kind of an interesting scene when they're on the bus headed back mm -hmm. and like they're holding hands and she and she asked her uh asked Janine, do you really think getting pregnant is going to protect me and she says it's your only protection and you see i mean even though it's obvious what's happening uh, Esther takes her hand away and kind of stares down and it, you could tell at that moment something had changed and she obviously didn't trust Janine anymore mm -hmm. even though if she it took I think it took her a long time to trust her and all of a sudden you could just see that that was reverting back to how she first felt about Janine way back on the farm yeah and and how she didn't and the, everything going on there I, I thought that was an excellent little lead into that the scene we you were just starting to talk about in the in the in the chapel or in the red center Yes. And I think what was so like Janine seemed so surprised. She's like, well, I'm just like, I'm trying to protect you the way June protected me. And I think it shows how out of touch with reality Janine is mm -hmm. to think that she is protecting Esther in the same way June protected her yeah. yep. because it's vastly different. You know, Janine is basically forcing Esther to comply with the handmaid's way of life and promoting how great it is when she'll be pregnant, she'll be treated like a princess and, you know, all this other stuff. When, if we look back, June made sure that Janine did not get stoned to death. Mm -hmm. um, she also, oh gosh, what am I forgetting? Oh, there was so there many so, things. There were so yeah. many. There was, um, she threw herself 
over Janine in front of Aunt Lydia, you know, to protect her from Aunt Lydia beating her in front of everyone. I mean, it helped her uh, help them escape the, the time like uh, last season when they were on the run mm-hmm. for a while. And I mean, June obviously had some times where she did things for herself, only herself. Yes, I mean, because she definitely. always is. Jean, I mean, that's that's kind of in Jean's nature or June's nature as well. But it's just, I mean, Janine, uh, Janine to me, she I, I have to think a little more about this, but she might be the saddest character in the show. The one I feel the worst mm-hmm. for because she's been so, I mean, besides losing the eye and everything else, having the child ripped away from her and just, the, and all the stuff she was, even the more degrading things she had to do well with the Putnams. I mean, it was all right. degrading for all the handmaids, but her in particular, at least what we've seen has just been so sad. And she's her, she's been completely mentally, completely out of it because every once in a while you see the flash of something where she's like oh is Janine gonna snap out of it but it's like she can't overcome all of the demons and all the trauma and it's just I really every time I see her it's just like I just feel so bad I'm it's so sad her whole story is so sad I mean yeah and it it is very sad and it's sad she thinks she's protecting this girl when she's really not and this girl is smart enough to know she's not being protected Mm-hmm. by Janine she's like she and, and she says to Janine you're a disgrace and in a way she is right like June would never be like yeah just you know go on be a handmaid yep. um that wouldn't be the way she protected Esther if if June were there with her for sure you know it'd be much different like I mean I, I think she feels it's like it's like uh Janine is leading her to the slaughter basically and I think yeah. Esther Esther can see it and can tell it. And she's like, I'm not following you because you're 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 literally just trying to ease me into what I don't want to do. So yeah. why yeah, I mean I totally I was I've I've always been mixed on Esther, but I, I was not I mean the poisoning thing, I'm like, I don't know if I really like that, but I at least can understand her I shouldn't say like, I should say endorse that kind of behavior, but I can totally understand her character and understand why she feels the way she does because yeah. She's, she has to see the writing on the wall. And she basically was a, a disciple of June for a while there last season. So. Oh, yeah. I just, I just, and still is, for yeah. sure. You know, she was, in, in a way, she was killing Janine and herself in June's name. June yep. will be proud of us for doing this. Yeah. So I think she's she's still very much fixated on, um, you know, kind of the lore of June, for mm-hmm. sure. And... You know, and even Janine last year when she was in the torture prison says to Lydia, like, you know, please don't back put me back into service. I, I would rather just die. And yeah. yet here she is shoving a girl that's been raped by dozens of men, mm-hmm. shoving her into service to be ceremonial, some ceremonially raped over and over and over again. And she's shocked that this girl wants to die rather than do this. It's it's so, and I think that just shows how messed up Janine is. Yeah. Um, and that's that's part of why I think a lot of this is just. Be, I mean, it's. I think I I really think a lot of it is her. Like I said before, just wanting to wanting to somehow. That's her o- her only hope that she has left is to be, to be able to have some kind of contact with Angela. And I think she thinks the, this is the only possible way it's ever going to happen. And I think she has just latched onto that, and it's the one thing she has, and it's it's messed up, and I feel bad for it, but I I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, it was. Um... But I I can't see her. Otherwise, I can't. 
I can't in my mind I can't rationalize any other reason why she would keep keep wanting to go along with this. Janine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With Janine, it, with Janine, keep pushing her and and not trying to resist. I mean, basically just going along with the with the flow. Well, and and I think she's trying to i mean she's actually trying to groom we talked about commander putnam mm -hmm. grooming esther janine's grooming her as well mm -hmm. um you know no no doubt about it she's she's yeah, she's acting I... in the role of an aunt in a way and she's doing it to keep herself out of service really do yeah, you know well, what i mean and isn't that what isn't last season when uh when Lydia said something, isn't that kind of basically what she said is maybe we can turn this into an advantage for us or something. Yes. I don't remember the exact line she said, but mm -hmm. basically like she was going to make her basically a spy on the inside for her. Yeah. So it's, um, I don't know. Do we think this is the end for Janine? Do we think she's going to die? I don't, dead? you know, I've thought that she's going to die multiple times in this show. So I don't, I don't know. I could, I mean, the other thing is, is I don't know where else her character can go. I mean, it's, She's in such a bad place, and I'm trying to think. Stony or well, jumping off the bridge, stoning colonies, almost uh, getting bombed when they last season when they were trying to cross the border, almost getting bombed, <laughs> and um, now poison. So this is she hasn't quite used up nine lives, but this would be five it's for getting sure. Getting close, yeah, and um. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's true where I thought I had an idea because I've read the book, The Testaments. I thought mm -hmm. I had an idea of where things could potentially go for Janine. Um, there's kind of a new order of Gilead servants that is going to be created. I don't know if we'll see it in the last two seasons of The Handmaid's Tale, but it okay. will play a key role in the testaments and so i thought oh there might be an opportunity for janine to take that path hmm. so but now i don't know um i don't know if she'll make it because she ate a lot more of that chocolate than esther did and i mean oh. it, it depends too on what what poison was used i mean if if she used the same because if she used the nightshade like she had used in the past and there was some people that survived that wasn't there in the when they were there poisoning were. all those commanders yes yes and and she would give small doses to her husband to keep yeah. him under control <laughs> that's right yeah but this was like yeah this was worse than this the watching king joffrey get the strangler right this yeah. was i mean just the coughing up of blood and the it was just really disgusting it was very visual and mm -hmm very audible <laughs> and another great use of color there was so much great use of color in this episode yes. yeah and um and then all of us and it was very fast too like mm -hmm. Jeannie knew what was happening and then she seemed to be out and, and of course aunt lydia was um horrified and frantic um you know but it looked like esther was still conscious by you know even after um Janine had passed out. So, I mean, we'll see. I I, I like the character Janine. I hope she's still alive. But at I, the same time, at the same time, maybe, uh, I don't know. Um, and, and the other thing, I mean, she's so run down and physically 
just and mentally i mean when you're that way yeah. and you get sick you get sick a lot worse when you're not when you're and, not in fully fully yourself yeah and there's something about the actress this season too i don't know if it's the way they're shooting them but she looks even more frail than ever she looks thinner than yeah. ever Agreed. Um, her, her eyes almost seem like they're a little more sunken in or so yeah. i mean yeah there's i definitely and i think that they're definitely they're shooting a lot of the actions a little different because it's the same it's like the opposite of what happens what's how serena looks now yes yeah she she looks even more and yeah it, um it'll be interesting to see what happens i also feel like um so Ann Dowd was on The Readout, an episode of The Readout this week with Joy Reid on MSNBC. And she did, Ann Dowd, who plays Aunt Lydia, did mm -hmm. throw out a bit of a teaser that we're going to see Aunt Lydia's perspective of what's happening in Gilead change. And it makes me wonder, is Janine's death might be the key to that? Well, and I... There was something else I was going to bring up when we were talking about the party that I didn't really mention, and it, it involves Lydia. Because that, that was one of those okay. things where I'm like, oh, I should say something about this. And then I, I was like, no, I'll wait till we get to a lot more Lydia talk. But when they when they put the – when they there's like a really cool camera shots every time somebody enters the party. And we see like uh, – I think the first ones we see come in I think might be Serena. Mm. And they're like the, there's, there's some white light that comes in, but it's not well, like overwhelming. When Lydia enters – like the white light is overpowering. Like it is the white light has definitely been way turned up when Lydia and the handmaids come in. And I, it like, it was noticeable to me. And I'm like, is this like a, cause I've, I've, I've often over the time I watching was thinking we're going to see Lydia do the face turn and become like, realize what she's done. We've seen hints of it every once in a while mm. and where she's actually, eventually she's going to reach a breaking point and it's going to be like, okay, this is enough is enough here. I can't be a part of this anymore or I need to do something to get, get help to get real help. I just, that, that shot of the white light just, and I mean, maybe it was just me reading too much into it, but it just seemed like it was just like, it was just showering the white light. I'm like, huh, that's a very cool visual for one thing. And it was, it just seemed noticeable to me that I, I had that feeling and that shot that it was like, is this some kind of a foreshadowing of her eventually doing something to, for the good side, so to speak. Hmm. Interesting. That's very interesting. I don't know if you have anything more left to say about Esther and Janine, but I think what you just touched on leads me to a couple more things to talk about. Yeah, I, I think I've said, I mean, I think I've said enough about Esther and Janine. I'm sure there's more. I mean, we could keep going on oh. it, I'm sure. But yeah, we can move to something else. That's I'm. Let's do it. So you mentioning Lydia coming in and, oh, maybe she could be tempted to go to the good side. So what we do see um, after this Putnam party is a meeting between Mark Tuello and Nick out down a dark road mm -hmm. where Tuello is talking to Nick, seeing what they can do to work together, basically using his the ability to see his daughter more as some type of bait. And... It also kind of makes me, you know, you say, oh, maybe Aunt Lydia can be tempted to go to the good side. And mm -hmm. when she walks in, Tuella's like, aunt. And she's like, Lydia. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that might be the weirdest introduction between two people that could 
<laughs> potentially works together to bring Gilead down at some point after you said that. It never really <laughs> occurred to me that those two might hook up at some point, but we have seen, you know, there's potential for Nick and Tuello to kind of hook up and work together. And I thought this was interesting because I've been convinced all along that Nick really did make a deal with the Swiss, but made sure that that did not get back to June that time they were in DC, but maybe yes. he didn't because I think Tuella would know about that by now. And it seems like he's really interested in recruiting Nick. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that. Okay. Yeah. You have to remind me too. This is one of the things I was going to ask you. What, what constitutes America again? I, I, I just couldn't remember what it was. Is it like Alaska and Hawaii or something? It is Alaska and Hawaii. Okay. Okay. That's, that's okay. So with Nick, I, I don't necessarily, th I had forgotten, about, still I saw it in the notes, I had forgotten about the Swiss thing. I th I think that, could, I still think that could be a possibility, but I definitely think he could work with Tuello. Mm. But I am, another thing with that is, are Tuello and Serena going to be able to go back to Canada? I think. I know that's the plan, but I could see something happen where they aren't allowed to leave. So. I think after this big show of the public display and everything. Yeah. The public display of compassion and grief for a traitorous commander. Mm -hmm. I think if they don't let Serena and Tuello go back to Canada. Um, I suppose that would be too big would, of a it would PR blow nightmare. Up, it, yeah. It would blow up all the work they just did. Yeah. Um, will Serena choose to go back to Canada? I don't know. I have my own theories. And, and this was a theory I had at the end of last season, too, that if Fred died, wouldn't Serena and Commander Lawrence make the most <laughs> interesting power couple on the planet? Yeah, they um, would. And I think he, for all of Commander Lawrence's um, <laughs> comic mm -hmm. commentary, I think he sees what Serena proposed as something very smart. And yeah. when you think about it, she had just as much to do with some of the foundational principles of Gilead as Commander Lawrence did. Like, yeah. I think, and, and that's why I think in some ways Serena is just smarter than June is she came up with this whole thing. And so did Lawrence, but June mm -hmm. can go head to head with Lawrence. She can go head to head with Serena. She just wasn't in a the position of power they were when they created this monstrosity of a country but yeah, I if, think... Ser if serena and i like the uh, that idea of serena and um i can never remember his last name joseph bradley whitford's what's his last name again? lawrence lawrence yeah yes. if they ever did team up man they would be uh that would be pretty formidable because well like the... <laughs> when they were getting along well like, yeah i could see her take i could see him taking all of her ideas and then just like bugging the crap out of her for the rest of the, their time together but they were i mean like lawrence's comedic things i mean part of me is convinced like him cracking jokes and things it's it's to disguise how smart he actually is it's so people don't take him as seriously as they should right and it's, well... it's kind of like a way to break down and like that would be the perfect addition to serena because the one thing about serena is she's so hard-edged that it would it would help it would help uh i don't know man that's that i hadn't even considered that really i mean besides what they've already done a little bit but yeah well and, and part of me it's funny you say that you think some of the reasons lawrence cracks jokes is so people don't understand how he's as smart as he is i actually feel like when he 
first brought up the idea of Gilead that he was probably in a room with some of these dudes. Mm -hmm. They were drinking scotch and he was Mm -hmm. like just throwing out ideas like bullshit ideas and joking Uh around. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this sounds great. We've seen this happen in society with people throwing out bullshit ideas and everyone glomming on to them. Part of me feels like how this how this thing got started in the first place was his well, you're you're, pro- you're you're probably right about that. I, or now that you're saying that, I remember the. I think you and I have talked about that in one of those we episodes have, where it's yeah, yeah the, sitting around and uh, drinking scotch and smoking cigars, and they just bullshitting, and then somebody, yeah, he spouts off something like, "Oh, hey, that is a good idea," and yeah, it escalates downhill from there. Yeah. So. So back to what you're saying about Nick and Tuello, though. I'm not. I think that I think they would make a great team. I I still I don't. I mean, and I think Tuello still obviously is crushing on Serena as well. I think there's some, like, giving her the cigarette and all this other stuff, and I don't... Oh, and asking for a cigarette when you're pregnant. I'm just like, really? You really yeah. want this baby to be healthy? I'm just like, you're such a skank. Anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I forgot about that for a minute. I think I put it in the notes, but I did forget about that for a minute. Um, I think he crushes on Serena, but... I don't know. After the first episode, I feel like he's got this weird admiration for June as well. Like, I think he has weird feelings for both of them. Um, I mean, Serena is very pretty. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yes, she is. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I, I know it's, it's well, and I'm also like, can he, you know, who's the most more trustworthy out of the two? Is it Tuello or is it Nick? And, it's hard to tell because we know Nick was part of the um, crusades, as yeah. they call them. Mm-hmm. I actually think he was the guy that orchestrated and helped execute the attack on the Capitol. I, I feel like that's going to come out. I feel like he was one of the gunmen or, you know, yeah. a bomb or, or something like that. Since Serena once said he was, he played a critical role in the crusades there's definitely something there's Big. there's something more i mean this, the thing with nick i like nick and it's like i want to think he's gonna be one of the heroes but there's still like you say there's some some missing chunk of his information that i don't think we've seen yet i don't still don't fully trust him yeah but i think there's a huge chunk of information we haven't seen about tuello either i would love yes. a i'd love some backflashes on him in fact a great episode would be flashbacks of both Nick and Tuello at the same time Gilead started taking the United States down and mm-hmm. what roles they were playing because I think Tuello's done some bad stuff too I have after no doubt. what he said to June <laughs> yeah. like I know what it costs to do terrible things um is kind of a very loaded statement yeah so yeah, I, I don't trust either one I mean really can you trust anybody on this show but those two are definitely these ones where it's like there's still not enough not enough there to fully believe full, to make me fully believe because yeah nick still was involved in some pretty awful things yeah so i don't and same thing with tuello and really we don't know that much at all about tuello really besides the fact that he's he's fbi isn't he or cia one of the two fbi um, I, I don't know that they've really said what organization he's with okay, he so... just said he's a representative of the united states government and that he used to live in atlanta or georgia so okay i think that's kind of all we know um the mm. one last thing i'm going to mention was 
there was a very quick moment where Esther and Nick cross paths and they both recognized each other, but not at the same time to make eye contact. I think Esther recognized him from the raid on the farm and he of course recognized her as well. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was an interesting moment. We know Nick has a new wife. She is disabled. And I don't know if he would follow suit of kind of what Lawrence did in terms of bringing a handmaid into his house without having to subject them to the ceremony and things like that. It's hard to tell because we only just met the wife. She seems nice. She seems knowledgeable to what some of what's gone on with June taking care of the Fred business. Uh -huh. um, and it makes me wonder, I'd like to know more about her and her role in Gilead and how she really feels about what's going on. I don't so know. Are you trying to, are you, are you saying that you're thinking maybe Nick could try and take Esther in? Yeah. Kind of like how, uh, how, um, why do I always forget his name? Lawrence. Rather, Commander like, Lawrence. Yeah. Like Lawrence took, yeah. Josh I was gonna say, yeah. That's what I was going to say. So I'm like, yeah. So it's kind of like he did with June. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've never, I saw you put that in the notes about the look and I had, I was like, I didn't, I didn't make that connection, but that is an interest. That's a very interesting idea. I hadn't. And especially since Esther basically is like a, another version of June. Yes. And Nick already had a thing for June, obviously. And he's kind of becoming, he's basically the right hand or not the, like the protege of, of uh, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I like that's an interesting idea. I hadn't yeah. thought about that. There, like could that. Be, there could be something interesting there because I don't think we're done with Esther yet. No, um, I don't think I, so. Either. I, I mean, based on the trailer, which I don't know if you've watched. I did not watch it. You I know. Watch it. I, okay, I've seen I the link. Yeah, I've seen the links and seen like I've I've liked all the posts and the links, but I never actually clicked on the video to watch it because I'm like, ah, I'm close enough. I'll just go in blind. So. <laughs> I have a feeling that it's going to be like a lot of the trailers we've seen in the past where we're going to get to like the first through the first four episodes and anything that was in that trailer yep. is um, already been seen. Yeah. Um, just based on kind of what we've seen so far. So well, and my other my other I mean, it would have easily been like the the stuff with her and the poisoning. It easily could have. I mean, she handed Janine the she could have poisoned herself a lot less or I mean. Yeah, because she handed Janine the, the chocolate, so she knew which one she was eating and all this. So, yeah, it might, it might have just been a way to get her sick, to get her out of there for a while, to find a way to escape or something. I don't know. Yeah, I th I definitely don't think we're, we've seen the end of her. No, I, I don't either. Um, anyway, well, Andy, is there anything else that you're dying to talk about or cover in this episode, uh... or any theories and predictions you have for the season? For the season, you know, I don't really have any. Okay, you said so. It's renewed for one more season after this, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's that, and that's their end date, right? I mean, but yes. then there's supposed to be the 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 spinoff or something also. Yeah, in development, the right? testaments. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let me. I mean, I think I've sprinkled most of them through. I'm. Uh, I think I've sprinkled most of my little theories while we've been talking here. I'm gonna read through and see if I have anything else written down here that I wanted to. The. Uh, do you think that when June said the line about like when she's going on her rant about maybe they'll take her baby away and make her a handmaid and put her on the wall and all that, does, is that, do you think just by her saying that, that means we're probably not going to see that? So 
You know, I don't know because Serena actually almost said as much last season. She's like, yeah, Naomi said I should come back to Gilead. If I did, that could mean that they might send me to the colony colonies. And she goes, or they could even make me a handmaid. So I think it's not out of lore for June to think that way. And I, I actually honestly thought too, when aunt Lydia was given Serena the eye at the Putnam, she's, you know, she was like, Oh, you know, like what a miracle. But she was also kind of looking at her like, Oh, I'd love to have you under my control. Yeah. Well, and, and like the, when she gets to the sooner gets to the party and all the other, all the other, what do they call the wives? Just the wives, right? The, wives. the commander's wives. Yeah. And they're all like touching her belly. And it's the same kind of, it just gave me those same vibes that how they act with a pregnant handmaid. It was very, I don't, I don't think it's mm. going to happen, but I, I, I just, there was little vibes here then. And I'm sure part of that was red herring type of things, but it just gave me that vibe every once in a while. I mean, I think people would love to see that. Um, I don't I think do. I would like that actually. I don't, it seems to, I, I kind of wanted to go a different way with Serena. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, we know what June and the handmaids did to Fred. And I actually feel like June has had less of a beef with Fred than she does with Serena, especially after the end of this episode. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, it's, it was a bit Serena declaring war. I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah. While June is growing nightshade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, ah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's no end for Serena. I could see because I did not see the end Fred got in my mind's eye. I knew he was probably going to die or get murdered. I did not see it happening in that way. Yeah. And so I, I don't think I can fathom what type of end they will come up with Serena. If we see that, Yeah, um, that's... it's, I think it's just too far crazy. I'm just, I'm really, yeah. after this episode, I'm really fascinated and very, what ha what happens with Serena's arc this season, I think is the thing I'm most interested in seeing right now. Cause I mean, until it, June is still June doing her, I want to kill, I want to go back and fight for justice slash revenge. So, I mean, the, but the Serena stuff, this episode was, to me was just extremely fascinating. So mm, yeah. the, uh, couple other things I have. I thought there was a, a nice little uh, Game of Thrones nod with the, I wanted her to know it was me <laughs> with, when uh, when she said that at, when, when like Luke is questioning. It's like, Maybe why did you do that? I, I, yeah, that's that. And and even some of the looks that June gave reminded me of it. I mean, man, June was still something. I, I know I've talked a lot about Serena, but June was still something else here. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's, it's, you know, it's like a coin toss of who's more mentally disturbed, Janine yeah, or Esther. Uh -huh. And I mean, Serena's, Serena holds it together really well. I wouldn't call her mentally ill in the same way these women are that have been completely traumatized, but yeah. she might have some sociopathy. Well, but I mean, even her, she's, she, she watched her husband have to, fuck a handmaids over and over again she lost a yeah. finger she lost a i mean she's had miscarriages all this other stuff i mean that's i it's i hate to, in real life i always tell when people complain all the time like i hate to play the olympics of pain so right. i mean it's hard it's hard to rate well, 
yeah, we don't know that Serena had miscarriages. I don't. Oh, think I she, suppose that's true. Maybe just never I, got pregnant. I, I don't guess. think she just. I don't. I think Fred was just not able to get her pregnant for a, a long time. Um, I don't know. You know, it was the it was the Gilead miracle, but I mean, yeah, Serena's gone through some stuff too, but she's she's given more than she's got. Oh yeah, oh one hundred percent, and yeah, she's she's able to, and yeah, she's just and although it's I obviously say- less, but. I will say Serena's mother seemed like a piece of work too. Yeah. Uh, when we met her. And so who knows what she kind of grew up under as well, I guess, but you know, she, she gives, she, she gives as much as she gets, I think. So yes, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, I, I just, I, I love the way that they're kind of having both of them go on similar journeys, but not similar her and June. And mm. it's, I just, I love the way all that. And the, that's part of why the end scene works so great is because they, they juxtapose, juxtapose. I can't say the word. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the the juxtaposition between those two. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I haven't had enough sleep. <laughs> the, uh, I understand. And you know, there was one other thing I saw here, and I briefly mentioned it earlier. I find Luke finally loved him. That's, it was one of my big complaints. I know we talked about it when on the episode I talked with you last season. Finally telling June, what is why our family? Why are you you're sending a finger and all mm-hmm. this and declaring war on her? What about our, it's, that was another thing to me on like June or June has become 100% narcissistic at this point, I think, where yeah. It's and I I honestly think like seeing Hannah at the end, I think she's more mad just that the fact that it was Serena and it would just, it's like the it's all about June and her revenge slash justice mm-hmm. and nothing. Cause I had, I had always got been really upset with Luke's character. Cause I'm like, why are you not, you need to step up here and say something or like get her. And the other, sorry, I'm going to go on just a slight it's ramble okay. here. But the other thing with this is it really stuck out to me here is that even in Canada, mental health still is not really being addressed. Yeah. And and the lack of it, and it's like wow, things. It's the future, and like m- lack of mental health is still a huge issue in this country now. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and it, it, it that kind of made me depressed. I'm like, oh, this takes place in the future, and they still, it's rarely talked about. I mean, it's talked about like in the kitchen when when June goes off on Rita a little bit, but it's like why? Oh, it's that that was really a sad note yeah. when I realized in Canada it still isn't any better. Well, we know that Rita has been seeing a therapist. We've known that since last season when. She's yeah. cleaning. She's like, I'm working on it with my therapist. You know, um, we haven't seen June see a therapist. She went to a yeah, that handmaid's, group well, yeah. led by Moira, uh-huh. who she, you know, and, and June hijacked that group for her yeah. <laughs> own purposes. So Ugh. it's not like she's getting any real objective professional help, um, which is bizarre, honestly. Yeah, like, it's... you know, here's Canada. We're giving you all the bettys except for mental health services it seems yeah. and and, really pu- and just like you think you would they would be pushing it more because like oh, yeah it's, it's like you re- it's kind of like it is now you really have to go seek it out if you want to get mental health somewhere you have to go and seek it out there it's not really or right. you have to have some kind of good benefits or good whatever to get it it's it's not easy to get it in all, most places and you well and and we're on the verge of a massive i mean there already is a shortage of mental health professionals Mm -hmm. and i think it's estimated that in you know the next five to ten years it's it's just going to reach 
really dire yeah. levels for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if they're still on strike, but Kaiser, which is a big uh, insurance and hospital organization, um, their mental health workers in, in California, at least, have are went on strike. I'm not sure oh. if they're still on strike, but are on strike. Wow. Um, so it's yeah, mental health is a huge so it was Issue. it was just a that that whole yeah. thing was just a stark reminder to me. I'm like, man, she just she needs help. And I know she doesn't really want to, but there's oh, it's it's oh man. Well so. and, I, and I think that was something that was really interesting when we found out in the first episode that Emily decided to go back to Gilead. Emily's mm-hmm. wife Syl was just like, What am I supposed to do? Blame you? Yeah. Hate hate you? She's mm-hmm. you know, like this is a woman that was able to to let it go the fact that her wife that she really wanted to have back and be a a co-parent with her and their child decided to leave to go back to the place that imprisoned her and she's just like you know and that just shows the difference like I'm, i'm glad you brought that scene up too because that was something that made me think when i watched that i'm like and then i saw this scene in this episode in the kitchen with rita and and I'm like, is this is that what's going to happen with June? Are, are her friends going to start abandoning her because they're going to be like, we can, we have to move on. We can't keep focusing on Serena in a different country. And yeah, I, I, I part of me fears for June that it's going to get a lot worse for her, even in Canada. It might. It's. It might. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, the mental health thing really just stuck out to me this time, big because it's mm. I'm a big advocate for people getting mental help when they need it, and I don't think enough people do. <laughs> and yeah, it's. Agree. It was just a, I don't know, that was, I, that was a little thing I had in my notes here too, to bring that up if we had time. So. Okay. Thank you. No, I think that's important for sure. Um, especially since I was like, who, who's poor, <laughs> Yeah. you know? Well, and I, like I say, they're also, I say, th- I think June is, the, I think June has the most mental problems personally. I mean, it's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, which some are understandable. Yeah, I I, even I even understand her wanting to kill Fred and killing him. What mm -hmm. I had a real problem with understanding was the absolute euphoria and elation she felt after doing it. Yeah, Um, was again very kind of surprising and shocking to me. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I like say I completely understand it, and I get I mean, and I get the I get because the stuff she has been through. And that, my biggest thing is like the like with what you were saying, and also the fact that she does have a child somewhere, and mm-hmm. there's another child that's in Canada that they're trying to care for as well. And you're when you when you're when you're responsible for other people that can't take care of themselves. To me, that's a big like mm-hmm. ugh, I, it really makes me feel not good on the inside, for yeah. lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. Well, Andy, I think we've covered it. I think we have too. Well, thanks again for coming on. It's always great talking to you about yes. our various shows. And I was really, when I saw this episode, I'm like, ooh, Andy and I are going to have a great time. Yes, I, I was it. I was excited too <laughs> after I saw the episode. I know I mentioned that after you messaged me. So, yes, well, this was fun. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much again. And to all the listeners out there, thank you for um, tuning in to the show. And if you have any feedback, you can email resistinggilead at gmail.com. Um, would love to hear some commentary from folks if they would like to um, write in. 
and let us know. And in the meantime, don't let the bastards grind you down. Nick's on the rise, please. Still a puppy, there's only so much we can do.